Welcome, everybody, to the Trap Podcast. My name is Phil Botch. It is Saturday, February 3rd, and this is going to be a quick uh, a quick podcast. It's going to go over some of the things that are going on around All-Star Weekend. Um, we can start with the trade between Calgary and Vancouver. Lindholm finally is on the move, and... Vancouver doesn't waste any time. They go after the guy that they need. Vancouver is pushing their chips into the middle of the table, um, and they have a good team. This is They're all in. And I actually I, I kind of like the move, but I also love the move for Calgary. Calgary takes home a huge haul, and it looks like Calgary is officially open for business. And the Devils have been linked to the Flames for quite a while now, so... We talked about Markstrom at length. He was a guy that I thought the Devils could have their eye on earlier in the season. But you also have Chris Tanev and you have Noah Hannafin. Now, it sounds like the cost for Tanev is going to be less than Hannafin, as it should be. But to me, the play would be to go after Hannafin. Um... He's just turned 27 years old. You would try to extend him if you were to make a move for him. But the reason I would go after Hannafin is it sounds like the price is not that much of a difference between Tanev and Hannafin. Tanev is 34 years old. He does not have the same puck-moving ability, and he does not have the same skill set that a guy like Hannafin has. I've said it before, and i said it again. I think Hannafin is the type of player that you see on championship teams, a guy who has been asked to play a top pairing role his entire career. He's been, you know, he's been looked at as a premier talent, but I really think he's supposed to be slotted in a three, four position. He plays on the left side, which is exactly what the devils need. I think there, I think the devils now Tanis plays a little bit of a heavier game, so people looking for some physicality on this team and looking for somebody that could step up and play the body and uh, defend some of our players and add some toughness to a team that is very, very soft. I think I understand your point in wanting Tanev, but to me, Hannafin is a more well-rounded package. And being that the cost seems like it's not going to be that much more for a 27-year-old super high-skilled, high-end defenseman who plays a 200-foot game, um, I would prefer trying to make a move for, for Hannafin over Tanev. Um, with that said, it sounds like the market is very high. Uh, Calgary just cleaned up with the, the haul that they got from Vancouver, and I'm sure that they're going to want to be uh, trading their most valuable assets to get more future prospects and picks. And when you have two talented guys like that on your back end and you know what they're worth, there's going to be teams in contention who are willing to mortgage their future in order to get solid defensemen who can, you know, can really um, be an anchor on your blue line come playoff time. So, uh, Keep an eye on them. The other guy in Calgary is obviously Markstrom. And Markstrom is a guy who has two years left on his deal after this year, making $6 million a year. 
he's a guy that I've kind of looked at from the beginning. When, the, when everybody was talking John Gibson, I he was the guy I pointed out, and I said Markstrom um, could be an option. He is uh, he's not a spring chicken. He's 34 years old at this point, so at the end of his contract, he'd be 36 going on 37. He's making six million bucks. I mean, I'm curious to see. He would be a nice piece um, to hold us over for the next two years. But let's keep an eye on the situation going on in Calgary. It seems like things are starting to progress in the trade market in general across the NHL. Um, it almost feels like it's trade deadline right now with the amount of action that we've seen over the past couple of days. Um, one of the topics I wanted to touch on real quick was Frank Cervelli. Frank Cervelli was on his podcast talking about Sidney Crosby, and he was talking uh, talking shit that Sidney Crosby was out in Montana, and he was skating on a, on a rink, and he wasn't at the All-Star game, and if this was anybody else, then he would have gotten, you know, they, everyone would have talked bad about him. And he's pissed off that Sidney Crosby does not get the same kind of treatment that other players in the league get. Well, guess what? Sidney Crosby isn't like the other players in the league. Sidney Crosby has been the face of the NHL for almost 20 years, dude. Wake up. He saved an entire franchise in the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's scored the golden goal. He's been a winner his entire life. He's handled himself with nothing but professionalism. He has been the absolute epitome of what it means to be a hockey player and how to handle yourself and how to handle the spotlight and how to handle being not only the face of an organization, but the face of the entire league. And for you to sit around and criticize him and question what he does at this point in his career, shame on you, dude. Take a look in the mirror. Give me a break. Like, we're going to shit on Sidney Crosby because he's not at the All-Star game for the draft? Get real, dude. You should focus more on your own career and worry, you know, don't worry about Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby is a living legend who's going to go down as one of the greatest players, one of the best, like, personalities in the history of the sport. No one will remember your name when you're gone, dude. When people think about hockey, no one will remember Frank Saravelli. So just cut the shit. That's, that's just clickbait. Second, Nikita Kucherov. Nikita Kucherov in the skills competition yesterday. So let's speak on this. First of all, the NHL comes out and Gary Bettman says that they are going to do a four-country tournament that is going to be um, the United States, Canada, Finland, and Sweden. Four hockey powerhouses. Does it make sense? No, not at all. I don't know how you could possibly have a, you know, I don't know what a four-country to tournament really does for the league. There's, I mean, there's amazing Czech players. There's Germany has continued to put out amazing players. Russia is obviously at the top of this list. Whether or not Nikita Kucherov was upset 
about Russia not being part of this tournament, I, I don't know what to tell you. But what I can tell you is from a guy who's about to make $100 million playing in the NHL over the course of his career, he's signed to a $76 million contract right now. For you to just completely sandbag it at what is supposed to be a it's a it's a celebration of the entire NHL. It's all their best players in the same place at the same time. Whether or not you think that the All-Star game is good or bad, or the skills competition sucks or not, listen, if they never had another All-Star game again, I could care less. I don't watch it. I think it's pretty shitty, to be honest with you. But the NHL clearly thinks that this is important, and this is part of something that promotes the league despite how horrible the league does at promoting themselves, this is something that the league is trying that they do to engage young fans, to try to get some eyes on the, the fourth biggest sport in North America, possibly even the fifth at this point. It's like for you to just go out and not try. It's a slap in the face to all the people that paid for tickets. If you don't want to be there and you want to prove a point, don't show up. And people are going to say, well, okay, well, you're going to get fined. You're, uh, you're worth $100 million. Take the fine. Don't show up. But for kids that think that Nikita Kucherov is their idol or look up to him, and for people that are casual hockey fans who put it on, and for the league in general to, you know, it's – the league's logo, this is more about the league as a whole, as of what it means to be a professional hockey player and to make it to the greatest league in the world. And for you to come out and act so unprofessional, is it's disgraceful. And it's embarrassing. I was actually embarrassed for him. I wasn't embarrassed for the league. I was embarrassed for him. And it's, it's a bad look for everybody. And if you wanted to make a statement... I, I think that you have the platform that you could have came out and said something if you were unhappy or you could have just not shown up if you felt like it, it wasn't worth your time. But to just come out and sandbag it, it made you really look unappreciative for, for the position that you've gotten yourself to. And trust me, I'm not taking anything away from him. He's an amazing hockey player and he deserves to be playing in the best league in the world. But If it wasn't for the NHL, like, who knows what would be going on in Nikita Kucherov's life. He could be playing overseas and making good money too, but it is a privilege to play amongst those other players. And I almost feel like it's disrespectful to the other players too to come out and just really show zero, not even effort, but just zero respect to the game. Um when you have guys like Connor McDavid who are doing what they did last night. And it, it's just, it, I thought it was rude and I don't think that there's a place for it. And it's like, next time, just don't come back. He should not be invited back. I don't care how many points he puts up. He's always been a, a, a prick of a player. I've always thought that about him. And, um, Really, he put himself on full display last night and embarrassed himself and embarrassed the league. 
And it's a shame because I actually think that they did a great job with the, um, the changes that they made to the skills competition. And um, I don't know. But sounds like the NHL will be allowing its players to go to the Olympics for the next two Olympics, which is exciting. I think that is um, something that the players really have fought for for a long time, and they deserve to be there to represent their countries. So good on them. And um, it sounds like Jack Hughes is close to being back. Uh, he sounded very optimistic that after this break, it wouldn't be long before he was back on ice and ready to help this team. The Devils still are within arm's length of a playoff spot. And this is the time. We're going right into it. It's like this is the time, whether you like Lindy Ruff or you don't like Lindy Ruff, and, you know, our goaltending's been an issue and injuries have been an issue and Timo Meyer hasn't lived up to, to the hype and this and that, and we have two rookies on the back end. Hey, listen, we got to where we are right now. We're still in the hunt. And the next two months for us are going to be gigantic. And don't, don't be surprised if this comes down to the last two weeks of April. But we have a very difficult schedule ahead of us. And the Devils are really going to have to come together and play um, – a real gelled game. They're going to have to play as a unit and they're going to have to be very strong mentally if they want to try to grab the third spot in the Metro or a wild card spot, because there's going to be teams that are there who are in the mix as well, who might not have the talent that we do, but they have the fire and they have the belief in them right now that they, and the work ethic that they are able to get there. So this is going to be a very interesting um, second half, let's call it, or, or last third of the season. This is actually one of the more interesting ones for me over the past three or four years. Last year, we knew that the team was good. We secured ourselves a spot in the playoffs pretty early. Um, and then previous years, we were completely out of contention by November, December, this is going to, you're really going to get an idea as to what our team leaders have deep down within. And, um, and I'm curious because it's going to reflect on them for a long time. If they, if they come out and they give half-ass half efforts um, and they don't grab games that are given to them or if they look like they're disinterested um, and not really willing to win battles and sacrifice their bodies and give a hundred percent. I think it, it could be something that um, reflects on them for not just this year, but years to come. So a lot going on. Todd McKellen ends up getting fired by the Los Angeles Kings. The Los Angeles Kings had very um, high expectations coming into this season. They got off to a hot start, but since then have not looked like the team they were supposed to be. And um, Rob Blake and the Kings, they really don't mess around, and they are trying to get back on track uh, with a team that has a lot of young talent. This is obviously kind of the path that I was hoping that the Devils would have taken earlier, and it doesn't seem to be the case. We can get into Mike McLeod real quick. 
Mike McLeod was the only player out of the five players from the um, Canadian national team that was charged with two counts. So I don't really know. I don't really know exactly what that means, but it does not look very good. Um, I have heard from two multiple sources. Um, I don't, I don't want to get too deep in, because I don't know how how true it is, but I'm just being honest with you. I heard one case, which there could be a video that surrounds this entire scenario, where and that could prove a lot of, uh, it could take a lot of speculation out of the situation. And then I heard um, through friends of the grapevine that uh, he was that Mike was very confident going into this trial that he was uh, going to be acquitted or found not guilty. With two counts against him, I find that hard to believe, but that's why um, you have to let the legal process play out, and we'll wait and we'll see what happens. But that's all I have for you guys right now. I hope everybody is enjoying their weekend. Enjoy the All-Star game. Devils are back on the ice Tuesday night. We get the Colorado Avalanche, which is going to be a tough one. Um, But just wanted to uh, give you a little quick podcast. Hope you guys uh, are enjoying it. Feel free to share it, like it, and uh, comment. And we'll talk soon. Be well.